Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Discover seasons one and two now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com. Good Schools for All is made possible in part by UC San Diego Extension. UC San Diego Extension has partnered with the San Diego Public Library System to bring middle and high school students a series of free, in-depth, and hands-on learning courses in topics like robotics, circuits, messy science, 3D modeling, and college planning. The Library Next program started as a pilot project in six San Diego libraries in early 2017 and is quickly expanding to more library branches throughout the city. This STEAM-centered program is sponsored by UC San Diego Extension's pre-college programs and the San Diego Public Library. Visit www.sandiego.gov slash library next for details. Good Schools for All is also made possible in part by Thrive Public Schools. Thrive Public Schools are charter public schools serving students in elementary, middle, and high school throughout San Diego. Thrive was named one of the top 75 schools in the nation and is celebrated by the state legislature and local officials for innovation and excellence in education. Thrive engages students through cutting-edge technology, hands-on projects, and small group teaching. Thrive students are college-prepared, career-inspired, and community-minded. Visit thriveps.org to schedule a tour and get engaged. says my neighborhood school isn't good enough. How am I supposed to know my kids are getting the best education possible? Welcome to Good Schools for All, a podcast from the investigative news organization Voice of San Diego. We cut through the jargon and polarized debate to get you the news and ideas that matter. Good schools are at the heart of our democracy and economy, and we're about good schools for all kids. We hope you'll learn and maybe teach us something. Enjoy the show. It should be an excellent school in every community. From Voice of San Diego, I'm Scott Lewis. And from the San Diego Workforce Partnership, I'm Laura Cohn. Hey, Laura. Hello, Scott. How are you? Doing extremely well. Yes. Uh, glad to have you back in the studio. We've been, we, we've, it's our first podcast in a while, but it, we've been still working. Oh, oh. we've been working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Behind the scenes, things are happening. Yeah. So uh, before I get into that, though, I, I got to do story time, right? Of course. Like the, Let's hear it. So <laughs> my daughter... The other night, she says, uh, putting her to sleep, and she says, uh, Dad, I love you. I love you 150, and I love Mom 199. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wait. Oh, you came in second, Scott. <laughs> I said, wait, you love her more than me? And she said, well, I still love you, though. <laughs> it's like, like that. It's a little, a little conciliatory, but... Uh, uh, but I, I tweeted that and John Lee Evans, the school board 
member for the city for San Diego Unified. He said, well, she seems to show a good uh, understanding of uh, big numbers and proportionality. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yes, there is the silver lining there. Yes. Yeah, she loves you 33% or 25% less than she loves her yeah, mom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. Thanks. Good job. Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah, she's, she missed the TK window though. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. My wife is fired up about TK transitional kindergarten. So she was born December 28th and that's about four, three or four weeks outside of the 20, window. 26 days too late. Yeah. So kids that are born between September and December 2nd, right? September 2nd and December 2nd. Yeah. They, um, they can go to transitional kindergarten in California, mm-hmm. which is, um, if they're, if they're only four, but they turn five within that window, she turns five, you know, a couple of weeks later. And so she doesn't get this whole year of government school, you know, that would be great. It would be. It's it's actually shown in research to be highly beneficial for kids, especially low-income kids and English learners. So it's it's really not fair. So her uh, this this touches a nerve at Boise San Diego because our other there's two other parents here, same situation. Kinsey Moreland, she wrote a piece about it. Um, she was pretty fired up. I had to dial it back. <laughs> oh, did you? Uh, you left plenty of fire in there. <laughs> and uh, she's, you know, she wishes she could get her uh, her kid into it too. But hey, it, I heard a, fun, a a parent of a TK student told me something really funny about transitional kindergarten. I hadn't yeah. thought of actually. It was Nicole Assisi from Thrive. Yeah, and she she has a TK son, and so all of the birthday parties are happening in the fall. And then there are no birthday parties for the rest of the year. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so she, is 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 he at Thrive? Or? I I believe so. Oh, okay. Actually, I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> That'd be interesting. All right. Um, so, well, the real reason we want to talk because we have been working. One of the things Kinsey used um, is something we've been building for the last several months because she is for next year trying to figure out where to send her child to school. And I know that a lot of people are trying to figure out where to send their child to school. And one of the things that we heard about more than anything last year when we were doing the podcast was when we were doing some of these stories about how to make a good choice for what school to send your your child to, uh, we got tons of people asking for more specific information. Right. People that wanted us to help them with their choices. Yes, we were elevating these great models of public schools and parents wanted to know, well, how do I figure out if that's the right school for my kid? And if it, if I think it is, how do I get them into a school like that? Yeah. And we didn't have really good answers for them. No, we didn't. So we worked on that. Yeah. And we got it set. So Voice of San Diego, Workforce Partnership and uh, San Diego uh, or the University of, Sa- of California, San Diego Extension, um, they crunched the numbers for us and you helped us get it all together and figure out what we should do and um voice san diego along with ashley lewis here and our whole staff we pulled together this school's guide uh basically right now uh it's a map so this is a whole project we're doing this is our first sort of iteration of it right but the the thrust of it is a very cool map that you can get at voiceofsandiego.org slash school dash guide if you just google san diego school guide it comes up um 
go to that and then it takes you you can go to this map uh, the map is uh, a little bit more complicated url but basically it's awesome you can um, filter out schools so once it comes up you can click on say ib schools schools with the international baccalaureate program and it'll take away all other schools off of the map and just show you the ones that have ib mm-hmm. and it'll it, it also has if you click on the school It'll show you uh, what districts it in. Is it a charter school? What grades does it cover? How many kids go to it? Um, and how it's doing on English language arts as far as like its status, as far as tests go for the, for the Smarter Balanced tests in, in California. And then if it's improving, staying the same or, or getting worse as far as those scores go. That's just for elementary schools and middle schools, by the way. For high schools, we don't have that specific data. It shows you how many English language learners, uh, what percent of the student body they are. It shows you what percent the free and reduced price um, meals uh, kids are, which is a common indicator of poverty for the school. Uh, and it shows you if it's a high school, uh, how many of the kids got greater than or equal to 1500 on the SAT and uh, how many, uh, what percent of, of the students took the AP test. Mm-hmm. And then there was some, we, we also wanted to include some special distinctions. And how did we choose those? What, what, what made you think of those? These are things that um, any parent who's looking around at school options would be interested in knowing. And so these are special approaches to education that some schools have and where we could get a definitive um, authoritative list of such schools, we include that information. Um, so you mentioned International Baccalaureate, which is a really well-regarded, I, I actually love it a lot. My kids went to an International Baccalaureate elementary school, Ocean Knoll Elementary up in Encinitas. Um, it's a curriculum that comes out of Switzerland, and um, it's available at, at elementary, middle, and high school level. It's most well-known for high school, but uh, it's it's a great curriculum all the way through. And so we know which schools in the area are certified by the Swiss organization to be delivering high-quality international baccalaureate. So those are you can find out where those are. Mm-hmm. And you can uh, also, one of the things we realized was a bubbling interest area was this dual language, these schools that specialize in dual language, like Sherman Heights Elementary has really gone from a school that wasn't uh, didn't have the best reputation to now being a very attractive school because it is focused on a dual language program and so you can check the box on our map of dual language programs that also offer ib and you'll get a list or you can take the ib off and and it'll show you all the dual language programs Uh, so for example one of those that comes up is the ehe middle academy you've talked about that a lot tell me about that school they're a terrific charter school, um, grassroots at the origins, but they're just um, growing and doing really top-of-the-line dual language work. Dual language, just to be clear, it means that children who attend or students who attend dual language schools are learning two languages. They're learning both English and um, another language. So it's it. most of them are intended both for um native English speakers, but also potentially for English language learners. And uh, so they're highly successful. And the cool thing is you come out knowing everything you should know about academics plus another language. Yeah. So if you check on our map, if you click on the dual language programs and all of the dual language schools come up, and if you look at Ehe, you can see that it's it's in Cajon Valley Union. It's, uh, It's a charter school. It's for grades six to eight. 
It has an enrollment of 195. Its English and language arts score is high and getting better. And its math is medium and getting better, getting uh, increasing significantly, in fact. It has 25, 24% English language learners. Uh, 85% are free and reduced priced meals, which means they're, they're not getting uh, the most privileged kids. No. And, um, and they have the dual language. And there has another definition here. They have a distinction of education equity. What's that? Tell us about that. There's, uh, there's an organization um, that looked at data for schools across the nation and identified schools that are getting the best results for uh, low-income kids and also English language learners as well. And so uh, the achievement gap that we've talked about on other podcasts is at its lowest at these schools that are identified with the uh, education equity flag. Yeah, so this uh, Ehe Middle Academy is got the dual language distinction and the education equity, uh, which means it's getting an above average rating because their students for low-income families perform significantly better on average than low-income students across the country. So this is the kind of thing you can learn just with one click on this map. I love this map. It's pretty fun. We've we've put together a lot of different data sets that are out there available to parents and the general public, but are don't show up in the same place. Um, so it should be a great tool for parents. And I just want to say a couple other framers, which is we have this data for the whole county. So you can find any school in the county here. And it's for all public schools, charter and non-charter, or yeah. regular public schools and charter public schools. Yeah, so we've been working on this Parents Guide project for months now. But we decided to get this map together this week or as soon as possible. We would like to get it out, I think, last week. But to get it together as soon as possible because this is the week, October 2nd, in fact, was the day that uh, openings for the application window, the San Diego Unified School District started allowing applications. If you're in the district and you want to not necessarily go to your neighborhood school you have until november 13th to apply to another school within the district now this to be clear is not about charter schools if you want to apply to a charter school then you need to check with that charter school about its application deadline which is separate but if you want to go to another school within the district whether it's a magnet school like the school for creative and performing arts in southeastern san diego or whether it's a just a, a school in a in a neighborhood that you work in or whatever, then you can apply for that. You can apply for three schools, and the school district will check the openings in those schools, and then go down your list. And if you don't get any of them, or if you do get something, you will be alerted in in the springtime. So they use a variety of uh, criteria for this. There's a lot of just basic ones. Do you have a sibling already there? So if if you are applying at Bird Rock Elementary and you're the, the brother of the student you're applying for is already going to school there, that's a good sign that you'll have a chance at one of those openings. Mm -hmm. If you're a teacher at Bird Rock Elementary and you want your child to go to that school, you have a good chance of that, of getting one of those spots or a better chance than mm -hmm. some of these other things. So that's the kind of criteria they use to go through that down that list. Um, again, charter schools are separate. So a lot of people apply for some of these attractive 
neighborhood or magnet schools, but then also have a whole portfolio of applications for these other charter schools within the area too. Right. So that's that. So now the other school districts, their windows are almost all in January or February to March or April. That's right. So do we have any idea why San Diego Unified does that differently? It's just, they just have a window. They've made the window a little smaller. We know that. So it's, it's a tight deadline. November it's 13th. It's short and it's early. Yeah. So get on it. Now, one of the things I was on KPPS and they asked me, they, they were like, we sure have heard about this more this year than in past years. And I, um, I said, yeah, that's, I think that's on purpose because they truly do believe that one of the problems that they're having at San Diego Unified is with uh, enrollment and that enrollment's going down and partly and they're losing students to charter schools and maybe to other schools because of marketing and that they need to market the distinctions of some of their uh, in-district managed schools uh, more. And that's what you're seeing right now. Right. So if they if they promote their in-district choices, they may retain some students who would otherwise go to charter schools. So I, I, this is pure speculations, but that, that could be why they're being more um, public about this open choice window. Right. So go to um, voiceofsandiego.org slash school dash guide, voiceofsandiego.org slash school dash guide, or you can just search school guide San Diego in Google and we'll be up there. I'm very proud we got that settled. Um, and it's just a, it's a good resource. I, I swear I've already clicked on it, you know, for an hour, just, just looking at things, comparing different schools, finding some that were doing really well that you might not have thought of and others that aren't, but also some that have distinctions. I never knew that they had, you know, mission, I didn't yeah. know mission Bay high school had, uh, had the IB program, yeah, you know, do. that sort of thing. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's just good. I'm <laughs> really proud of this. It's pretty great. And, uh, we're going to keep working on making it better and better. Um, and we're going to release a paper version in the winter time in January. The reason we're waiting um, on that is that the state is going to update the data, mm-hmm. um, in a couple of months and we want to include the very latest data in that, but it'll still be in time for parents making choices in other school districts in the region. Yeah. This is a, a magazine style thing that we want to do somewhat like a consumer reports where we'll have a lot of features of, uh, explanations and writing about how things work. Um, about some, you know, uh, you're, you've got a great essay about how to evaluate high schools, especially if you're concerned about future careers, right? Yep. And a few things like that, that we'll be able to include and a feature on some of the, the schools trying some innovative things outside of the data. And, you know, one of those, for example, is Vista high school. We've done some work on there. They're, they got a $10 million grant. This yes. is a traditional district managed school. It got a $10 million grant to incorporate personalized learning. They are. They were, they were the only traditional high school that won that award. All the other high schools who got that grant from um, the Jobs Found, Lorena Jobs um, Foundation were startups or charters. So it's, it's pretty cool right here in our region to have Vista High trying to do that kind of major innovative stuff from a traditional high school. Yeah, so we did some work at voicesandiego.org uh, at about uh, about Vista's effort on that front. You can go to Vista and look at. Uh, you can even use our little search feature and pull up uh, pull up Vista High. You found Vista High on the map. Yeah. And uh, what's its distinctions there? 
it is an international baccalaureate school, and it also has AVID. AVID is a, a program that helps students to learn study skills and learning habits so that they, uh, and to help them be on track to go to college. So we wanted to highlight the schools that um, host the AVID program, and we did a great podcast with the AVID CEO. It's a national program that is headquartered right here in San Diego. Right. So poke around on this map. Um, we've tried to include a lot. We're, we're considering all kinds of things. This is just the first iteration, like I've said, of this effort to provide parents a real backbone of support, local support, um, to help them understand the, the options they have locally. And, you know, I'd like to consider all kinds of things we could add to it, whether it's uh, principles, you know, with a little statement of why their school is distinct, we could somehow include. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could get some parent ratings or feedback. Maybe we could, um, you know, do all kinds of other things to make this more robust and useful. So if you have any feedback or if you find any errors for any of these schools, we've already fixed a couple of things. Uh, you can send that to scott at voiceofsandiego.org. That's scott at voiceofsandiego.org. Otherwise, let us know as well. You can send a note just about how your choice process is going and what you're looking for in a school or what you found um, in, in the effort. We'd love to hear your experience on that. So, Yeah, please give us feedback. Any other distinctions you'd like us to add, we, we want to hear about those as well. Yeah, exactly. So I got to ask you about this. You were in Washington, D.C., and you sat down with Betsy DeVos. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was with the San Diego Regional Chamber of Commerce visit to Washington, D.C., and they set up an opportunity for 12 or 15 of us to sit down with Secretary DeVos. And Scott, I thought a lot ahead of time about whether I would let her know some of the things that she has been proposing that have me on edge, and I decided not to do that. What has you on edge first? Well, the um, the idea that private schools should be funded with public dollars is something I deeply, deeply oppose, mm -hmm. and she's a big supporter of that idea. She actually recently said, um, since we were out there, she made a speech at Harvard saying she didn't think the federal government should uh, play any role in promoting that, that she believes in it, but she thinks that states should be in the lead on um, that policy. So mm -hmm. that means that for us here in California, since that's not going to happen in our state legislature, it's not going to impact our kids or our public school system, but it is going to in other places. Yeah, the framing around school choice in California has is really is just really different than that right now i mean it's just it's it's like what we're talking about with the traditional school choice and the charter school choice but the, the voucher discussion seems pretty isolated i think so too yeah i i don't hear about so it. so you yet. didn't let her have it i didn't let her have it no and she did say that um she supports the um higher education act is up for reauthorization and she is promoting a start from scratch approach to that bill and interestingly later in the visit we heard from susan representative susan davis from our area who is now the ranking member on the subcommittee for higher education that she also favors a rebuild of that um of that bill so maybe there's room for some bipartisan work in uh, washington dc wow yeah did you run into general mattis or anybody no <laughs> no there was an opportunity to tour the white house and i turned it down i knew I couldn't stomach it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, so check out uh, voiceofsandiego.org slash schools, school-guide, and uh, let us know again how you feel about it, any ideas, anything you think we should be doing for the next iteration. 
and uh, and we'll get on it because we're we're going. This is we're going to do a Spanish language version of the printed yes, article. We, we got will. some uh, support for that. So yep, um, the public libraries are going to help distribute it, and nonprofit organizations are getting on board also to help um, get this out and support parents in their choice making. To me, this is the demand side yeah. of public education, and we're helping to support uh, support that side of the, the equation. Right. Thank you for coming back. It's talking. Happy it's nice to, be to here. have you. Let's do more. All right. On behalf of Voice San Diego, it's been good schools for all. <laughs>